Welcome to the Ministry of Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. Our vision is bringing people into the full realization of their potential in God and our mission. Building a community of believers whose lifestyle positively influenced change in the society. Welcome to Lighthouse. Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthouseng.org. To bring us the first session this morning is Pastor Akin, Akin Sulure. Akin is an inspirational teacher of God's Word, a social innovator, a reputable business leader with his distinct expression in bivocational ministry. He has helped individuals recognize and fulfill their potentials in life through the Word and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He is an associate pastor of the Lighthouse NG under the leadership of Reverend Ayo and Folake Daniels. He's happily married to Tosin Akinsulure, T.A., and they are blessed with two wonderful nations. It's our pleasure this morning to introduce to us Pastor Akin Akinsulure. Opportunity given to me, you know, to bring us God's word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I believe that God has a word for us today. You know. You know, this morning I was just 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 thinking through the scriptures. Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. Revelations 1, verse 18. It says, I'm just going to read from Henelt. It says, I'm the living one. I died, but look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. I don't know how many of us have really thought deeply about those scriptures. It says, I'm the living one. I died. Indeed, he died on the cross. And he was buried. But he didn't just die and was buried. He resurrected. He rose in power. Hallelujah. You see, we are here to celebrate his life. He needed to die. 
If you didn't die, there was no way you could pay the penalty of our sins on the cross. There was no way you could purchase eternal redemption for us. He needed to die. And a shameless death at that. He had to die on the cross. Because if not for the death on the cross, the causes of the law would have still been on our life. The Bible says that cause be the man hang on the tree that the blessings of Abraham might be upon us the Gentiles. So the fact that he had to die on the cross was what eliminated our causes. Hallelujah. But he says, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. I hold the keys of death and the grave. You know, I always ask the question, what's like the the most difficult thing or the greatest fear that human beings have on earth is death. People are afraid of dying. People will pay a lot to ensure, I mean, people literally can spend all they've accrued their entire life to ensure that they don't fall into the hands of death. But he says that I have the keys of death of hell. And you see, it didn't just stop there. When you now look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, it says, haven't wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, haven't nailed it to the cross. So all the requirements of the law, all the penalty of sin, the poverty, the sickness, the repercussion of sin, he nailed it to the cross. And he now said, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them in it. Hallelujah. He made a public spectacle of all the powers in hell. He made a public spectacle of the devil and all of his demons when he rose back in power. Hallelujah. But you see, one interesting thing that we need to hold on to is that the whole system of Jesus coming out of the grave back to life was engineered by the person of the Holy Spirit. The Bible speaking in Romans chapter 8 verse 11, it said if this same spirit this same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead says but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. So we understand that the victory, the resurrection, the triumph over all the demonic powers were engineered by the spirit of God. And he says that if this same spirit dwells in you, said in fact, the least thing that he can do is to quicken your mortal body. That's the basic. That's the least thing he can do. 
So what it means is that there is a guarantee that now that we are in Christ and we have the Holy Ghost dwelling in us, the Holy Spirit can work amazing wonders, amazing work in our life, of which the basic is quickening our body. So we must have a change of mindset. We must begin to see life differently. We must never allow the circumstances around, the perspective that people paint, the situation may paint different messages, different opinion, try to color our mind, try to dissuade us from this reality. We must always stand by God's word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. This morning, you know, just taking a quick dive into the Holy Spirit and the marketplace. The Holy Spirit and the marketplace. I mean, by God's grace, we've looked at the person of the Holy Spirit is multi-dimension, you know, ministry in our life. We had a beautiful time on Friday when Pastor did, you know, a suggestion on that. And we look at the Holy Spirit and faith yesterday, then dive into the Holy Spirit and the supernatural. Hallelujah. And, you know, bless God for the healings that took place yesterday, for the deliverances. Hallelujah. I want you to just wave your hands to God and just say, Lord, we thank you for the healings. Thank you for the deliverances. Thank you for the liberation that took place here. Lord, we bless you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, these are things that we should not take for granted. Reverend Joseph said something very important yesterday. You know, there are the spectacular things that happen. People falling under the anointing and all that. But when supernatural things that doesn't come with spectacular moments happen, we must recognize that the supernatural is taking place. Because we don't walk by our sensory perception. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. So if yesterday a word was declared to you, or hands were laid on you, or where you were, you receive your healing, you hold on to it, and you thank God for it. Hallelujah. Because the basic thing that the Holy Ghost has brought to us is quickening of our mortal body. Without a functional body, we cannot fulfill the counsel and the mandate of God. The assets that we have in this world that give us the ability or the capacity or the privilege to start saying we want to extend the frontier of God's kingdom in the marketplace, in various places, because we have a healthy body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. John chapter 14. Man, you can't talk about the Holy Spirit without speaking reference to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, I read from 16 to 18. John 14, 16 to 18. I prefer amplified version, amplified classic version. It says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. 
I will ask that he come and he remain with you forever. Verse 17. It says, the spirit of truth, and this part is very important, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, welcome, take to his heart. The world can welcome him. The world can take him to their hearts. Because the world does not see him or know him and recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. You've had some experiential knowledge of him by the virtue of me working with you. But this time around, it will be in you. He says, I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come to you. I will return in the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, one thing I want us to just focus on a bit. It says, I will not leave you as orphans. Now, one of the things that we need to understand as believers, when we say the function of the Holy Spirit or the operations of the Holy Spirit in our life as a helper, most of the time, we're always very quick to just box him in. You know, he has come to help our spiritual life. You know, that's the way we describe it. What we do in church, you say, is our, our spiritual life. You know, oh, I come to church to build up my spiritual life. Then, people have marital life. How many lives is that? Then, people have their business life. That's how many lives? Okay. Then, some people have their recreational life <laughs> or social life <laughs> there's some people who have financial life <laughs> then I mean some people also have academic life right how many life is that <laughs> you know when we're growing up they always say that ah cat cat has seven lives <laughs> nine life nine lives thank you <laughs> But how many lives do we have? It's just one. So it's one life that has multiple expressions. The one life that we have as a believer in Christ is a spiritual life. Because we are spirits. We have a soul and we live in a body. So every other expression stems from that spiritual life. And that's why the Bible says that out of your belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living water, expression of life into different areas. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God is interested in every of our expressions. Because the only way we can give him glory on earth is when we have impactful expressions in different areas. You see, I was looking through some data and I realized that during the time of Jesus, 
the entire world population at that time, when it was alive, was just about 300 million. And now, I mean, around November, we're made to know that the world population hit it's what? It's billion around November. But just try to imagine 300 million, and there was Jesus who came to teach about the kingdom. And he got the first 12 disciples. He taught them. By the time he was leaving, he had 120, you know, that waited for him, you know, in the upper room. But there was a promise that he gave to them. Tarry here until you are endued with power. And what happened was that immediately they got empowered in the upper room. From that day, multiplication started. So one of them stood up and proclaimed, and 3,000 were converted. He spoke again in another place, and the numbers were just multiplying and multiplying like that, and multiplying like that. Till the light touched different regions of the world. Today, world population is 8 billion. And the total number of people that identify, you know, for us, Christianity is a lifestyle. So when we put together all the people that identified that Christianity is their lifestyle, or Christianity is their own religion, when we put everything together, it's about 2.8. 2.8 billion. So what does that suggest? We have another, how many billions? 5.2 billion that have nothing to do with Jesus. 5.2 billion have nothing to do with Jesus. So by implication, it means that if Jesus Christ should come now, assuming that the 2.8 billion are all for Christ. You know, I told you that it's those that believe is a lifestyle and those that just identify as religion are what make up the 2.8. It means that there is 5.2 that is heading to hell. And guess what? I discovered that Right now, based on statistics, the number of full-time pastors, full-time, pastors that are functioning full-time, leading a congregation or assembly all over the world, is roughly estimated at about 6.3, 6.4 million. So imagine, how do we expect 6.3, 6.4 million individuals that are working full-time in church ministry to be the one to go and win the 5.2 billion that are left to God. What magic do you think they can make? There is no magic. There is no magic. And that's why you see God's intention is not that the extension of his kingdom will be limited to the priest that he has ordained to function in fivefold ministry alone. God's intention is not that the extension of his kingdom will only be done by those that occupy the fivefold offices alone. 
the responsibility of the fivefold ministry is to equip the saints to go and do the work of ministry in the marketplace. To equip the saints to go and do the work of ministry in the society. So in the real sense of things, the people with the primary responsibility of extending the kingdom are the believers that don't even have any functionality in the fivefold ministry. The real people that bears the assignment of sharing the life of God, of influencing people for kingdom, changing things, making change in the world, are not the fivefold ministers, but the people who are enabled by the fivefold ministry. When Jesus started his ministry, he did not go to the synagogue to pick his disciples. He went to the marketplace. He went to the marketplace. People who were busy, you know. He saw Peter. He saw Andrew. Fishermen. He saw John. He saw James. People that were busy fishing. He brought them in to become fishers of men. The reason why at that time he had to wean them from everything was because there was just nothing. I mean, he needed, Rabbi says that he called them, he called 12 to be with him so that they might be with him and that he might send them out. To preach. So he needed time to really teach and point to them. So he weaned them from where they were busy catching fishes to enable them to start catching men. So God is interested in what happens in the marketplace. Either you are a career person working somewhere as employee, or you are a business owner trying to build a small business, or you are even leading you know, a medium-sized business, or perhaps your business has become a large corporation, God is interested in what you are doing and your business. The people that God needs to extend his kingdom are people that are busy. Amen. I also discovered that out of about 40 parables that Jesus spoke, 11 of them were about money, about business, you know. Because he understand the importance of the marketplace in building the kingdom. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Now, the Holy Spirit has come to optimize our productivity in the marketplace. When we talk about the marketplace, there are different players in the marketplace. When we talk about the 8 billion people, all the people within the working age, they are all in the marketplace. All manner of activities are happening in the marketplace. But there is a distinction on those who are the lights in the marketplace. And that distinction is the Holy Spirit living in these individuals to optimize their productivity. And we're just going to look quickly at the workings of the Holy Ghost in us as believers in the marketplace. 
Bible says that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. But when you look keenly into the marketplace of today, you will realize that the same thing that stops the people in the world is stopping the children of light. The same challenges that the people of the world are not able to break through. A lot of children of God are not also able to break through those barriers. Is it supposed to be so? Was that the intention of God? Never. Never. The intention of God is for believers' life to be optimized such that all the expressions that we have is delivering results at a very significant level. John chapter 16 verse 13, very quickly. John 16, 13. John 16, 13. It says, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into how many kind of truth? Into what? All truth. All truth. It will guide you into all truth. You know, we talk about Jesus as written in the scriptures. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So by implication, it means that anything that we hear that contradicts the word of God is not true. Anything that we see, any information, any piece of data, anything that does not align with what the word of God says is not true. God's word says that by his stripes, I have been healed. So it means that if I feel sick in my body right now, that is not supposed to be my reality. Is that correct? Because my reality is that by stripes, I have been healed. But there is a fact. Someone goes to do diagnosis and they are saying that this is what they are saying. That's fact. But it's not the truth. Right? It's easy to relate to that. The same way in the marketplace, the economic conditions, the economic predictions, the realities, the challenges that holds people down, they are facts. The Bible says that whatever you lay your hands upon shall do what? But when there are certain facts in the marketplace, that does not allow that business to prosper. It means that that fact negates what? The truth of God's word. Until we begin to see things the way they are. That no matter how dark, gross darkness might be in the earth and on the people. The Bible says, arise, shine. For your light is come. The Bible says, in him was life. And this life was the light of men. Arise, shine, for your light is what is come. So when you have the light of God, you are supposed to arise and shine, irrespective. It says, for darkness we cover the earth, gross darkness the people. But in the midst of it, you are going to arise and shine. So it means that 
no matter how strong the evidence of different facts, economic condition, hard situation, the hardship might be, it's not supposed to submerge any believer that has the light and the life of God. Holy Spirit will help us this morning. Because you see, there are some realities of God's word that as Christians we are yet to come into. And until we come into that reality, we cannot participate in that divine nature of God. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Hallelujah. It will guide you into all truth. Into all truth. We've established that Jesus is the truth. And the emphasis that Jesus was telling his disciples here, when he talked about all truth, is saying that, you know, he didn't use plural. He didn't say truth with S. We will, you know. He says, but he says that all truth, everything true, he will show you to you, he will guide you into it. It means that in whatever expression of life, what is the actual reality of a person in Christ, the Holy Ghost will open your eyes to it. It will help you live it out. What does it mean to be an employee that has the life of God? within a company. The Holy Ghost will help you live out that experience. What does it mean for someone who is a believer building a business? The Holy Ghost will help you live out that experience. And I'm just going to touch on some of the few expressions or workings of the Holy Ghost. So you can write it down as works of the Holy Spirit in believers in the marketplace. Either it's for business, or vocation, or trade, or career. The first one is revelation. Revelation. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Revelation. It opens our eyes to truth. It says, but eyes, but as it is written, eyes has not seen, nor ear heard, now I've entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. See, there are certain things that has been designed for discovery in the marketplace. Call it some innovation. Call it some approach to marketing. Approach to building businesses that will scale. There are different revelation that has been encoded as mystery that eyes are yet to see. They are discoveries that are yet to be made known. It says it has not entered into heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10 please. But God has revealed them to us. God has revealed them to us. Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes. The deep things of God. The Holy Spirit searches all things. The deep things of God. You see, one of the, one of the things that puts us above 
in the marketplace is when we are able to receive information that is not at the sphere of every other person. When you are able to tap into ideas that is not in the realm of every other person. So we're thinking about how we want to implement a project and we come together as a team, we are brainstorming. And everyone is thinking, oh, this way, let's do it this way, let's do it that way, let's do it that way. And all of a sudden, the light comes from inside of you. And you say that, hey, this is the approach you should take. And everybody says, yeah, how come we're not thinking in that direction? Then it's implemented, then you win. Then it happens again. By the time it happens again, you know that when that is needed again, they are coming to you. There's no need to brainstorm. Or if they want to try to brainstorm why you're not there, they say that. You know what, let's first have, this meeting that we're having is not final because we need to have Emmanuel in this call for us to know what to do. That is revelation. That was the kind of experience that Daniel had. An entire industry was going to be destroyed. An entire industry. Think about it. The king had a dream and he called for all the wise men, all the wise men, the astrologers, everybody, either whatever god you call on. So far, you are recognized as advisor to the king. What we call today professional service. An entire consulting industry. People that provide consultancy to the king. The guy had a dream and they say that if you cannot tell me what the dream is and the interpretation, every one of you, you are going to die. Now, when you look at that situation, that's what impacts, you know, some of the sectors in our economy. Something will just happen and the way things are happening in the entire industry will be impacted. And everybody is in chaos. Ah, what's going to happen? You know, then government will now have to start planning a bailout for an entire industry. Oh, the entire financial industry is going through, you know, a major recession. You know, different things can happen in different spheres. But you see, the beauty of it was that there was a Daniel who had the Spirit of God. And by the revelation from God, it delivered an entire industry. The question is, how many of us think about ourselves as believers? That the Holy Spirit can equip us with revelation that can turn around that your industry. Guess what happened? Immediately he brought the word and he stopped the problem within that industry. He became the leader. Can you think about that your sector and believe God for revelation? Can you think about that your space and believe God for revelation? The king had to say, he says that because all the other players in the industry, they've recognized that, see, the only way that this revelation can come is from a God whose dwelling is not with man. And Daniel proved that he is someone that carries that God whose dwelling is not with man. 
Revelation. Revelation. Joseph had a similar experience, you remember. He was able to interpret complex problems. There was a major recession that was coming that was going to impact not just their country, but multiple countries. And God in his mercy, you know, gave Pharaoh an insight into what, but he was encoded. He was encoded. He was confused. And the reason why God gave it to Pharaoh was because there was a man that God loves and he has prepared what eyes have not seen for. Do you get what I'm saying? We must begin to think differently. The Bible says that I will give you the treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places, that you will know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. That's Isaiah 45 verse 3. God reveals things. He reveals things. Number two, instructions. We're talking about the workings of the Holy Spirit in the believer in the marketplace. The first is revelation. Number two is instructions. 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 Psalm 32 verse 8. Psalm 32 verse 8. It says, I will instruct you. I will instruct you. There are a lot of people that are operating in their career just at the level of instructions from, from mentors, from coaches, from supervisors, line managers. Yes, it's okay, but there is a limit to how far you can go. If, for example, you think about the number of universities all over the world. I know that in the United States of America alone, they have, if I'm not mistaken, over 3,000 universities. And you now look across the world, and you look at the different theories, management theories, leadership theories, that are presented to students that comes in year in, year out. So what it means is that everyone that goes through business school all around the world they learn these theories. So everyone that has an MBA have learned that theory. Everyone that have done masters in management or leadership, they've learned that theory. So it means that the information you have is a common information. So what you're trying to do is to adapt information that you have to do what you're doing. So you are here, they hired you as MBA, you know, uh, graduate to profile solutions to company A. They hire somebody else too as MBA graduate to work for B, another person for C. And all of you are in the same space competing. What will be your winning hedge over the other person? There is something called instruction. The Holy Spirit can instruct us on precise things that we need to do. There was a time in Genesis chapter 26, Isaac was going to go down to Egypt. 
Because at that time, there was famine in the land. And the normal thing to do, the reasonable thing to do, what, what is logical, according to the theories that have been read in business school and all that, is see, when we are in this time, let's move our business to this region. Then by the time things are back, then we'll come back. It was going to follow the general theory that everybody understood. The playbook that everybody knew. But there was an instruction. The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Lift, live in the land of which I shall tell you. And when you read verse 12, very quickly. Yeah, yeah you can read that. Verse 12. It says, Then Isaac sold in that land. Isaac sold in... Please, don't quickly take it out of context that he sold seed in that land in terms of financial seed. Not necessarily, you know... <laughs> what it means is that he operated his business in that space. It was an agrarian culture. He does farming and he had animals, cattle and all of that. He sold in that land. And that same year, he got what? A hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. What instructions are you getting for your career? What instructions are you getting? Can you think about your career progression and identify where instructions have made the difference? Instruction. Instruction. You know, people have joined companies. They've left their job to join another company that they didn't know was going under. So it was like a promotion, you know, an executive. Look at what he was earning and all that. Then you look at what these guys were offering, you know, the official car, the house and everything. And he joined. And within three months, the startup shut down. Complete shutdown. And everybody was like, no business anywhere. No major investment that could yield immediate return. And the person was in limbo with wife and children in a luxury home. Lack of instruction. Lack of instruction. You see, one of the things that we must align ourselves with as believers is this instruction. The Holy Spirit will always instruct on what we need to do. There's someone very close to me that, you know, had this interesting opportunity in the person's workplace. And, you know, there were conversations around advancement and all that. But then someone just reached out that there is this opportunity that I saw. Maybe you might want to check it out to see if you are interested. Then the person decided to go and pray. And God says, you know, explore it. And the person, you know, started exploring. And it turns out that the new package was way better than the old one. But that wasn't just the conclusion. Few weeks down the line, where there was an initial discussion of, oh, new role, new opportunity in the previous place, the entire department 
God's crap. Imagine if there was no clear direction. And that's the problem that a lot of believers suffer. Direction from God. The Bible says that the steps of a good man, they are ordered by the Lord. They are ordered by the Lord. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the hand thereof is what? Is destruction. There is always something that looks appealing to the sense or to the information that you gather around. But it's not always the way it appears. Hallelujah. Earlier this year, I needed to pay some, some money. It was in dollars, some so a bit, a bit, a bit much, but not too much in dollars. And I was expecting some money that I was going to convert. And, and that transaction wasn't coming through. And it was like I was going to lose that opportunity. Then I just went back and just started praying. Just reminding God of His words, you know, and all. I think interestingly, there was a series on faith that we're taking, you know, about that time, you know. And as I was just praying that afternoon, I just got just speak a word in my spirit that I should call someone. So I was just trying to, you know, Holy Spirit, what's the call about? The only thing that came to my mind is that okay, this person transacts, receives inflow in dollars. So if the person gets the money in dollars, I, I can get money at. CBN rate, you know, at least the person can do CBN rates instead of doing black market rate. And that was just what I had in mind, you know. And then I was just thinking to myself that, okay, which Naira will I use to exchange the dollar at CBN rate and hold that, you know. I was just praying, so I kept it, I just kept praying, just thanking him that opportunities are open, I'm clear on what to do and all that. Then the Holy Spirit brought to my mind again. I said you should reach out to this person. Then I concluded that, okay, the Holy Spirit will want me to ask the person if the person could borrow me, you know, and all that. So then, <laughs> then I thought to myself, if the person wants to borrow me, okay, how do we work it out? Because I want to ask for exchange, but now there's no cash to exchange, so it has to be borrowed, right? But I just had that prompting that do it today. More like, if you don't do it today, you're missing out. Around 9.30, I just dropped the person a message. Nah. There's this thing that I, I really need to, you know, take care of. And um, I'm just thinking if you can borrow me. Just drop the message and, and just, you know how you just, you know, because you don't know what to, what to expect. I've never had to borrow money from, I've never, you know, just drop it and just move on. That at least I have done what I'm instructed to do. Within 30 minutes, I went to check the phone and the response was like, oh really, no problem. No, 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 you don't have to take it as a loan. I'll take care of it. Just like that, about $10,000. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. You know, I became humbled. You know, because again, you know, one thing about God's instruction is that it will not always make sense to your mind. 
But the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says, For without faith, it is impossible to please God. And anyone that will come to him must believe that he is. He must believe that this communication is authentic. Every other thing might not look like it, but it's authentic. You know when the Bible says that he sent a ravenous bread from the east? Ravenous bread is a stingy bread. Isaiah 46. He sent a ravenous bread from the east. And a man that will execute his counsel from a far country because his counsel must stand. So when God gives instruction and you align with it, it will align everything to support it. Number three, teaching. Number one is revelation. The second one is instruction. Say, I will instruct and teach you. Psalm 32 verse 8. I will instruct and teach you. And teach you. I mean, yesterday you heard Pastor Shola talking about, you know, the Holy Spirit teaching him Haiti. Pastor was sharing too with us previously about the, the man he met in Zambia that was taught, you know, Coding by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost teaches. The Holy Ghost teaches. But you see, most of the time, we struggle with things and we leave the Holy Ghost behind. We struggle with things and we leave the Holy Ghost behind. Maybe I should not say this so that some people won't take the route that it takes sometimes. You know, because one thing that I've come to believe is that you can't fail with the Holy Ghost. You cannot. So there are some, there are some, you know what you call gamble. But the Bible says you should do a body slam on God. Body slam. You know what you mean? Body slam on God. <laughs> First John 2 27. The Holy Spirit teaches. The Holy Spirit teaches. There was a time that I was going to get a project from one of the top financial institutions. This was around 2018. And they wanted me to come and present before a panel of eight executives. And they had like four additional observers on that panel to get that project. I mean, that time it was, it was the, a significant project. Before that time, I had had a chance to do a presentation like that, but in a smaller bank. I wasn't confident, but I had the clarity that this thing is mine. Because I wasn't confident, I tried to reach out to a few friends in the space. You know, like, I want you guys to go with me for this place. It was even a physical presentation. That morning, I woke up, and the Holy Spirit said, go alone. But it was a struggle. This should be in 20, late 2016 or thereabouts. It was a struggle, you know. But I just, I just called one of my friends, you know. I mean, it's also tongue talking. Let's join. And you wouldn't believe that when we got there, everything was flowing very well. What disrupted the entire process was what that he said. And all of a sudden, there was a war of word between him and the key person. You know, 
I mean, innocent, just innocent, just having conversation and just made an innocent statement and the person just picked it up and that was just, okay, thank you guys for coming and all that. You know, so I went back to go and check the process. I know it doesn't happen this way. Then I realized when I got to that bus stop, then I realized that this was the instruction. This was what I did. You can always trust God not to fail on his side. So this time around, when I was going to make the presentation, in fact, I had some more FT people than that, my prayer on my, but I decided I know. Whatever the Holy Ghost and myself cannot do. And it was virtual. In fact, that day, there was a party that I took, I took that call at my uncle's place. It was doing his 60th birthday. So they were having party downstairs and I went upstairs just banking on God's word. Bible says that God is a son and a shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk upright. No good thing. This was like the biggest breakthrough so far in my life at that time. And I went there before the panel. They asked all their questions, eight of them with plus observers. And to the glory of God, it was a walkthrough and we did the project. The Holy Spirit can teach us what to do. A lot of time we depend on people. We depend too much on people. We depend too much on people. That first John chapter 2, verse 27. He says, as it teaches you, Habai, can you start making that move? That as you work on that presentation, you do your research, do all of those things, and ask Holy Spirit, what is missing? Open my eyes to see what is missing. I want to have this conversation. I want to have this meeting. Holy Spirit guides my conversation. You will be amazed. I've entered meetings that... The people that are supposed to prepare all the prompters, the basic works and all of that, they have failed. That in my mind, once we are done with this meeting, ah, you guys are in trouble. You know, but the only thing I can just do is just tune to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit, I trust you. He said, you will give me a mouth and a wisdom that nobody can gainsay. They can't gainsay it. They can't, they can't contradict it. They can't. And we'll have the conversation and they were like, wow, wow, this is it. 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 You can accelerate your progress on that career path by just allowing the Holy Ghost to teach you. Number four, guidance. Guidance. Just you know, had a bit of speed. Guidance. It says, I will guide you with my height. Still same Psalm 32, verse 8. I will guide you with my height. Guidance means leading. Leading. You know, I can be here now and try to 
give you direction somewhere. Oh, um, maybe you say that you want to you want to go to Lagos Country Club from here. You can say, oh, by the time you come out, you know, you drive out, you turn right, join the traffic towards the right, go to Ojota, then you join the traffic towards Maryland, then your major turning, then I just keep describing. But when we, when we say guidance, guidance means that I take my vehicle and I say, now, follow me. And I start driving the entire route, taking you with me till we get there. So there is no point where you are confused that is it left, is it right? Because I am guiding you to ensure you land safely. He says, I will guide you. I will not just instruct you. I will not just teach you. I will guide you. So where you need to stop, I will make you stop. Where you need to run, I will make you run. Where you need to jump, I will make, because I'm guiding you. Hallelujah. That's why Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Show you where you need to put your feet. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside the still water. See the amazing work of guidance. God's leading beside the still water. Verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Everything is set. But see verse 4. It says, yeah, do I work. You know, it's almost like, ah, no, God, you can't just be driving. Let me use my brains more. <laughs> you know, that's what we try to do sometimes. Say, ah, God, no. Let me calculate this one. Let me calculate it for you. God's guidance. And number five, the fifth works of the Holy Ghost in us is boldness, confidence, or faith. Just put it like that. Boldness, confidence, faith. The Holy Ghost breathes boldness in us. It breathes boldness in us. It breathes boldness in us. The reason why we can operate in faith, you know, is because of the courage that the Holy Ghost put in us. Job chapter 3 verse 25 says, For the thing I greatly fear has come to me. What I dread has happened to me. When we entertain fear, when we entertain fear, when we become overly anxious, when we, become, when we start dreading things, those are things that happen. Because you see, the strength of evil occurrence is in that fear. This guy was a rich guy. The Bible says he was perfect, but he was always thinking of losing these things every time. He always had that challenge that this thing might go, this thing might go, this thing might go. But the Holy Ghost helps us eliminate that fear. He emboldens us. You know there are times that God opens an opportunity for you and what we call imposter syndrome starts setting like, ah, no, ah. How can I, you know, when I look at all the, all the directors here, ah, and I look at my age, ah, no, ah. 
you know, you just start feeling like maybe you can just say something and they will just fire you. Or maybe they just say something and just withdraw your appointment. You know, you know, you are always just living in that fear. That was the kind of life that Job was living at some point. That the, all this wealth, because the Bible says it was the richest of all men from the east. Then you just like, ah, maybe this thing can just go. Maybe, you know, maybe. No. We must walk in confidence. Allow the Holy Ghost to birth that boldness in us. The Bible says that the righteous shall be as bold as what? As a lion. Because, you see, it's not by your own power that you got there. And you are not going to be sustained by your power. You know, I feel there's someone in this service that, that has that struggle. You know, God is speaking to you expressly. It's not by your power. It's not by your might. It's by the Spirit of God. You are sustained there by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Number six, power over afflictions. I'm going to seven, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just wrapping up now. Power over afflictions. The reality of the marketplace is that there will be many challenges. People will threaten you. You will feel threatened by people's positions, people's CVs, people's, you know, when you are bidding for projects, you will feel threatened by the profile of other companies that are coming on that project. You will feel threatened. If I remember, you know, some of the, a few, a few, a few people in the, you know, in, in, in the congregation, I also remember this time. I remember when I signed out my consulting operation and someone came after me with a lawsuit of 100 million naira. You know, I'm like, we're just starting. All the money that we have made is <laughs> how many? You know, <laughs> you know, 100 million. It was a serious threat. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. You see, one thing you should recognize is that, see, whatever challenge it is, it has come to pass. The challenge has come to pass. The threat has come to pass. The drawback has come to pass. That there will not be challenges, or that there will not be threats, or that there will not be affliction, that's a lie. God did not promise us a journey that is void of afflictions. That's not the promise. The promise is that even though that there are many afflictions, the Lord delivers him out of them all. But you see, one thing I have now come to realize, that that deliverance is not God, deliver me. God, deliver me. God, that deliverance is that true knowledge the just will deliver himself. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall do what? So you come into understanding of that word, of that revelation, and you use it in that affliction. And you come through by the help of the Spirit. The last one is power. You just have to skip, 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 skip. It's okay. It's power. I hope you are being blessed. It's power. The power to get wealth. The grace and favor that we need to get wealth. 
Second Corinthians chapter nine verse eight says, "God is able to make all grace abound towards you, all grace abound towards you, that you having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work." You see, the Holy Spirit is the one that administers the grace of God. So when he says he's able to make all grace, it's because he has put in us the Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible says that, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that may find mercy. And what? And grace. Plenty. So you want an accelerated career. There is grace for it. You want to constantly be, you know, be making progress in your business. There is grace for it. Hallelujah. You know, there's no time for stories. Psalms 5 verse 12. It says, surely the Lord bless the righteous and surrounds him with favor like a shield. It's an activation. That's the experience in the marketplace. That no matter what it is, I am constantly surrounded with favor. Forget it. People might say that, oh, market is slowing down. Things are bad and all of that. Because my trust is in the Lord. Hallelujah. Because my trust is in the Lord, my portion is favor. Romans 5.17 says that for if by one man's offense, death read through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall do what? Shall reign in life. It's a reigning life. Tell someone, I am reigning in the marketplace. I am unstoppable on my track because I have the Holy Ghost on my inside. The Bible says that what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31. Nobody can stop us. No force can stop us. John chapter, 1 John 4.5 says that you are of God little children and you have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that. Please rise up on your feet this morning. Rise up on your feet this morning. I want us to just declare who we are in Christ. The Bible says that I and the children that the Lord has given to me, we are for signs and for wonders. I want you to declare that, Lord, I thank you because I am for signs, I am for wonders. I am for signs, I am for wonders. Thank you for abundance of grace over my life that multiplies resources to me, that puts me over. I'm not hearing you make confessions. I'm not hearing you. I'm not hearing you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. As I leave this place, it's important that we know that as believers, the way to activate this life and walk in the reality of it is that we daily meditate on God's word. You daily meditate on God's word. It should be a part of you. Meditating on God's word should be a part of you. It's not only for people that want to do, you know, outreach. And mm. The reason for all of this is that the Bible says that let your light so shine that men will see your good work and glorify your Father in heaven. The way to magnetize people in the workplace is that they see your results. When they see your results in that department, when they see your results in that unit, they want to be associated with your God. They want to know what is making things work. 
and you begin to impact them with that light. You meditate on God's word. Take time to pray in the Holy Ghost. You can't have Holy Ghost on your inside and all week, the only time you pray in tongues is when you come to church. You need to create time to pray in the Spirit. Jude verse 20, dearly beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know, and it's important that at every point in time, we acknowledge that we have the life of God in us. We acknowledge it. We acknowledge it. And we engage the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You and I. Thank you. Just lift your hands and just bless God. Just bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudrata Biola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.